This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Uh, it would normally be at this stage, Bush and Richie. It's just me at the moment. Bush is about 10, 15 minutes away. He has been on a secret mission earlier today. Plan was for him to return. He's been held up. He's on his way. Then the show will resume. But I thought while we wait for him, a very simple game. What's Bush been up to? Secret mission. He's been delayed. He's on his way. That's all I'm giving you. So 8, 12, 15 for your texts. Tweets at Absolute Radio. Quite simply, what has Bush been up to? Send your guesses right now. I will mark them at a 10. One being way off, 10 being close. Nate says... Uh, He's at the stadium for Wales versus England, but he's there a day early, owing to his lack of attention to detail. (laughs) Very feasible. I'm going to mark that one as 7 out of 10, because I can see it. It's not where he's at. This tweet, in Asda, waiting for the yellow sticker items to come out. I'm going to go 4 out of 10 on that one. He's very picky on his best before dates. I don't think Bush is a yellow sticker item, man. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Absolute Radio on a Monday night. Welcome. Home time of Bush and Richie then. <laughs> All right? All right? Can I just say, I, I heard a couple of things when I was coming up in the lift. <laughs> One guy going on about um, uh, the oops counter section. Yeah. Which I don't go in the oops section. I didn't think you would and I said that. It's, oh, I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not the amber, amber gambler <laughs> with best before dates. Thanks very much. And whoever it was who said that I was at the England-Wales stadium, <laughs> but for the wrong day, has actually got a point. <laughs> uh, Bush has just this second joined us oh. in the studio. Secret mission. Final few guesses. And right. then we can find out what you've been. Uh, done. Diane reckons you've gone to get an electric egg cooker. I would, if that's a thing, I'll buy one. <laughs> uh, Backsack and cracks, says Mark in Kennington. Did see them at Reading 98. <laughs> uh, been on the wrong train, currently on the loop. The mission is just a cover story, says Rob. I wouldn't be here if that was the case. And then Matt and Bracknell says, after your recent chat with Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe from the Parenting Hell podcast, <laughs> has he been for the snip? Leona Graham's so annoyed about hearing that, that little clip all the time. <laughs> it just keeps coming out on the radio station. I'm so sorry. But it's, you know, it's quite satisfying. I've been in a hotel room with Bez from Happy Mondays. Nobody would ever have guessed that in a million years. Been talking about beekeeping with Bez. So I'm, I'm working on this, um, I'm working on this Happy Monday's documentary that's going to be out just before Christmas um, and I say work on it I did a few interviews and then didn't do anything about it for ages and now uh, my boss Paul has asked me like so is the interview's coming along Bush isn't it and I'm like oh yeah yeah fine so uh, I yeah, just went to see Bez a little bit earlier on to get his take on things and I watched this space near Christmas it's going to be good fun beekeeping he is well into his beekeeping is he really he's the last person I'd expect to be a beekeeper. The weird thing was, right, I interviewed Sean Ryder a couple of years ago and he told me a story about uh, Bez lost his bees in Manchester City Centre and they flew into the like into town and he had to chase them. And I was like, what? That can't be right. And I've done a bit of research since and Bez is actually like a proper beekeeper. So there's a farm shop in the Cotswolds somewhere selling Bez honey. Bez's bees. <laughs> Bez's bees. Watch this space. Uh, documentary due, hopefully, just before Christmas. The Happy Monday story. <laughs> In the meantime, Home Time is the home of the Home Time Lego World Cup Classics, isn't it, Richie? It is indeed, yes. Uh, a name of a feature that pretty much changes every single time we announce it. But the essence of it is exactly the same. That bit remains the same. So this is uh, Acer and Charlie, two little friends of the show, nine and 11 years old, doing that thing that kids do where they've got an app on your phone where they do stop motion 
uh, photography or animation uh, using Lego characters to recreate some iconic World Cup goals on their kitchen table. Uh, now, Robin Van Persie's Puskas award-winning goal in the 2014 World Cup against Spain uh, for the Netherlands is uh, what we debuted last week. It had tens of thousands of views yes. on the Absolute Radio socials. These are the names of the people that successfully guessed it. Adrian Hull, Andrew Arkins, Simon Coombs, Claudine, Ian Johnson and Evan Wheater. That's it. That out of all those people, are the yeah. only I, I, well, we said this before, but when I looked at it when we got it sent to us first, I had no idea. Yeah, so well done then, because we did say this was the hardest. So, fresh week, fresh clip. It's a, it's a degree easier. A tiny bit easier, yeah. but it's still pretty tricky. So, look, if you're, like we said earlier on with the whole Leona thing, if you're on Twitter, have a little look at Absolutely Radio. It's on our Facebook page as well, Producer Nick. It will be. It will be, he says. <laughs> he got the fright of his life then. Frantically pushed into work. Uh, it is the hometime Lego World Cup Classics. Can you guess the goal? This is the Daily Takeaway. So, if you listened over the weekend... Uh, there was uh, a big trail that we were running for home time, big teaser for today's show. So we had a big announcement about the Big Coat Protocol. Yeah. If you're unfamiliar with the Big Coat Protocol, uh, it's a little kind of quirk of British law that you can't get your big coats out and start wearing them until Richie and I uh, announce it officially on the steps of One Golden Square. Yeah. And then you can put your light jackets away, put the big coats on, and away you go. Uh, the thing is, we were due to announce it today... But we've been locked in meetings for most of the day here on the Home Time Show. And a little bit like a jury that's sent home. We can't come to an agreement. The Big Coat Protocol can only be invoked uh, if both Bush and I are in agreement. Now, if one of us thinks it's time, but the other does not, the Big Coat Protocol, quite simply can't be invoked. It was unbelievable. And you've seen those photos, like, behind the scenes in the White House, with, like, black and white photos of, like, Obama looking out the blinds and stuff. It was like that. Soul-searching going on, uh, bad body language, teacups being smashed, but I'm afraid we were complete, complete opposite ends on this, I'm afraid. One of us is adamant that it is time. The other is adamant it's not time. And this is, comes out quite weirdly. You were already the, press the trigger, let's go Big Coat <laughs> Protocol. Yes! And me, I, this is quite surprising. I, I just don't think it's right yet, to the point where I had to phone Richie this morning on the train in saying, I've had to take my coat off because I'm sweating cops. <laughs> I'm replying back to him going, it's four degrees, it's fog here, what are you on about, man? So what happens now, I think we go back through the uh, legal process and yeah. it's due for review again in four or five days. Four or five days' time, we go through media as well, all sorts, see if we can fix this. But yeah, the, the big coat protocol, because of the, the rules that are in place, it can't happen much as I think it should. But uh, we're not going to get back into it now, and this is just that's what the beauty of this show is like a family, you know, have your ups and downs with people. Uh, better news though, folks, we are still sharing the same two-ended charger for our phones. So we have. Step in the right direction. We have, there's only one plug point in here, we both need to charge devices, I have got a double socketer for him. Double pegging together, so things are okay, it's on the mend. <laughs> but what we did want to use, this family argument, uh, to, towards getting some, some something we could talk about in this hour of the show. So we want to put this to you. What was the last thing you disagreed with someone about? Uh, no matter how small or petty it is, not that the Big Coat Protocol is small or petty, but it's, it's, it's a bit of an argument audit. What is that last dispute? Tell us. For example, here's, here's, here's one from home. Here's Go on, then. Go home, on right? then. Imagine you've got a toddler. Fifth birthday, February sometime, imagine. It's a hypothetical situation. Hypothetical question. Um, and uh, the birthday for him uh, or, uh, or her um, is in the middle of the week. OK. Would you book a party in a hall the weekend before or the weekend after? The weekend after, because there's something inherently wrong about celebrating stuff before it happens. Thank you. 
Okay, well, uh, have I helped settle a debate there, maybe? I didn't say that was me. Again, just another hypothetical no, situation. Exactly, I didn't well, say. I, I'm actually naming shame. Katie, my other half, and I get into this argument oh, on, by the on way, a number of... Uh, it was. Uh, good, good, good <laughs> on you. You, you made the right choice in that. Uh, we, we fall out all the time about this, right? You know, if you're driving along mm -hmm. and you see traffic slowing up ahead of you, mm -hmm. uh, I always put my hazard warning lights on as a way of warning traffic behind me that I'm slowing down. Correct. She thinks it's a flippant and needless use of hazard warning lights. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, literally, hazard warning. Well, yeah, this is the point. She says <laughs> yeah. that I, I always call it the language of the road. Yeah. And she makes that makes her absolutely furious. Also, she can't drive, so... Well, you know, do your test and then... Leg to stand on. Well, I'll tell you what, if I'll phone Natalie, you phone Katie and get it sorted out in the <laughs> yeah, next that's song. That's really going to work out really well. Uh, Sai says he wants to, he's recently had an argument why the light bulbs in our shop are by the lamps on lighting and not in the DIY section. Okay, and these, these fallouts can be about anything. They to be can be. Sarah and Alex are on their way to Centre Park's Longleat for the Ooh. week and they have just had a disagreement. This is ahead of the week in Centre Parks. Should they drive through Salisbury or not? They're still trying to make a decision. Oh, no, I mean, I've been to that Centre Park Parks a couple of times, but we've never really fallen out about the Salisbury side of things. Salisbury's beautiful, but uh, um, as someone who used to live quite close, quite a quite a ring road system, I wouldn't necessarily drive through it if I didn't have to. It smacks a one-way system that you're going to get caught up in Salisbury, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a no from us, Sarah and Alex. Uh, Kirsty says, uh, recently fallen out with someone about Norpac versus Danepac, and, and not whether they're going to be in the same league as Lurpac. <laughs> I didn't realise there were so many different packs. <laughs> uh, Mitch is hanging on. I hear he has intel for you uh, regarding the dispute with Katie and the hazard lights. Most modern cars, they actually deploy their hazard lights when you brake sharply nowadays. Excellent use of the word deploy. I like that. It's like a parachute you're describing there, Mitch. <laughs> and you're driving right now. You sound like a man who knows his cars. I am driving right now. Luckily, hands-free, though, so it's all good. So this is great for you. You can go back and say that now cars are coming out of the factory, deploying what you do as a courtesy, therefore you have to be right. This clinches it for me, Mitch. It really does. Well, when you said it, I thought surely everyone knows this by now. Um, so I was quite surprised you didn't, being men of uh, many knowledgeable facts. Well, thank you very much. Can we, if we can use that on our LinkedIn profile, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you, Mitch. <laughs> but I'll even endorse it for you, if you like. Thank you. Thank you, Mitch. No worries. Cheers. Stu says, I uh, fell out with my mum about orange penguins. I like him. She doesn't. What's not to like? Well, this is exactly what Stu's been telling his mum. And Paddy's had a typo. He says uh, he's been arguing about whether Ronald is better than Messi. <laughs> I don't know if he means Ronald McDonald. <laughs> What's this stuff? Uh, we've got Josh on the line, though. He's got a bit of Discord for us. Josh, tell us what you've fallen out with someone about. Recently, uh, me and my partner went shopping over the weekend. Uh, I wanted to get some chocolate digestives or coffees in the morning but we don't really have anywhere to put them, so I suggested putting them in the fridge, and she very much disagrees. OK, so the debate is whether biscuits, your run-of-the-mill biscuits, such as rich tea, chocolate, digesters, whatever, go in, in the fridge or in, like, a biscuit tin, as they would traditionally go in. Yeah, like, if we had a biscuit tin, they'd probably go in the biscuit tin, but because we don't, I figured just put them in the fridge. It's got a point if it's got chocolate on them. Maybe it should go in the fridge. Do you know what I mean? I think on this kind of thing, Josh, you have to take a guide from where they were, point of sale in the supermarket, and I don't believe oh. you are picking up your chocolate digestives from a refrigerated aisle. <laughs> you have a point there. Don't say that to him, mate. <laughs> don't say that to him. See, this is why we can't agree on the Big Coat protocol. Whilst you're on, do you think it's uh, cold enough to be putting Big Coats oh, on? Oh, he's opening let's, the sore. Let's ask him. Let's ask the public. Uh, no, I only wear the coat when it's raining, otherwise I'm in a, I'm in a jumper. OK, she's so got a Rainmac protocol. It's an entirely different <laughs> radio station. <laughs>
This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Let's uh, welcome to the show our, our favourite raconteur. Hello. It's fair. It's fair to call Matt Edmondson a raconteur, Richie. I think so yeah. He's he's a. Uh, I, I don't mean other things. I don't mean jack of all trades. I just mean he's a radio presenter, TV personality turned game designer. Yeah, all the stuff, all the fun stuff. That's what I get up to. You mean um, industrious? It's almost like if you were uh, locked in a shed like MacGyver. You, I, I think Matt would have the ingenuity up there to get himself Do out. You know what? Of Weirdly, stuff. I don't think I am industrious. Oh, I okay. think I have a lot of ideas. And uh, but I need people around me to go. Oh yeah, that's good. Let's do that as a thing. Right. Okay. Otherwise, they would just sort of sit on a shelf, and I'd get bored of them. So um, do you not finish stuff then? No, I finish things. I just then don't think to do anything with it. Right. Okay. So there's like a million games that I've made that have never been played by anyone because I'm like, oh, I'll get round to that at some point. You're yeah. playing yourself down though because it's a year since we've seen you, and you've walked in the studio a year later, and you've walked in with two brand new board games. Two brand Even new more board games. games. Yeah, yeah, and there have been more in between. So I saw you look, guys last year when. Yeah. I set up format games with my brother-in-law, and it had, uh, we just started out, and yeah, it's gone a bit sort of wild since then. It's kind of um, it's it's like an ex- experiment that's gone really, really well, yeah. but slightly out of control, like a snowball. <laughs> so, do you think the games, hill. in terms of because you obviously, like we said at the beginning, you, you've got a lot of irons in the fire. You do a lot of different stuff. Would you say that the board gaming thing is like a bigger part of your life now than it was even a year ago when we saw yeah, you? Yeah, I think so. It's certainly so. Lawrence had to quit his job, and he's full time doing that now. We've had to take other people on to come and work on the games for us. Wow, we've got, got a port cabin. You got a port cabin? No port cabin yet. Industrial <laughs> unit somewhere. There's an industrial unit. Love yeah, that. I was there only this week yes there's a sort of big <laughs> empty scary warehouse with bats living in the ceiling um so yeah it's gone it's gone mad we've sort of traveled all over the world and we've been selling our games to into european countries and to america we, we're landing Whoa. in walmart in america next year oh wow which is uh really exciting so yeah it's it's um as i say it's a real unexpected adventure for me i bet two I bet. games you brought in do you have a favorite of the two yeah i do uh i think it's the game Karen is my favourite. So I've brought in Wheels vs. Yeah. Doors and Karen. And Karen actually is a, it's the game of one-star reviews. So it's full of real ridiculous reviews of products and places and things that people have posted on the internet. So, you know, right. people who've been on holiday and then gone on to TripAdvisor and left a one-star review because, and this is one from in the game, the beach was too sandy. <laughs> That's their complaint. <laughs> so in Karen... All the players have to sneak their own fake complaints in amongst the real ones to try and fool each other into thinking that they gotcha. were the real complainer. Like it. And what I like about that game is it, it came from a real thing that happened. So uh, Lawrence, who I run the company with, stayed at a hotel and he hadn't checked the reviews beforehand. And uh, when he got there, he was like, this is the worst hotel I've ever, ever, <laughs> ever been in. Let me check the reviews. And they were all one star. And he sent them round a WhatsApp group that we were on. And I just thought, God, these are amazing. We should do something with these. Maybe we could put them in a game. And then I thought, oh, yes. Imagine if you had to try and write a competing uh complaint about something and so uh so yeah that one I, we turned it around really quickly and and we sort of both had a fun like a really fun couple of months just going and looking at products and places and things online and trying to find funny <laughs> oh, wow. one-star reviews well you know we, we had uh noel gallagher on the show and he said some of his greatest hit, greatest oasis songs written in five minutes so sometimes is it the same with game design if, you, if it writes itself really quickly yes yeah, do you know what i think hit? so so um i think i mentioned last time i saw you guys i'd learnt graphic design from youtube to try and get the games working because at the time you know we didn't know what we were doing and uh, and because of that i think they've all got quite a um they've got a very me design to them right and i can only do it in one sort of way but it means that i can get the ideas out incredibly quickly so i had the, the idea for karen 
Um, it was actually in the couple of weeks after... I was on paternity leave uh, just after Christmas last year and I was a bit bored and I thought, oh, that could be a game. Let me see if I can make the box. And I made the box in a day and then we were like, right, well, that's, we're going to do that. That'll, that'll, that'll happen. And then Wheels versus Doors didn't happen until later that year because there was a big discussion which you may have discussed on the show but a big thing that took over the internet where people were asking what are there more of in the world wheels or doors like mm. a big hypothetical question yeah yeah and frustratingly we'll never know the answer <laughs> but i thought because wheels and doors are always being made aren't they so you never know made. exactly yeah. exactly but if, but if we were to pause it right now you know people have an instinct oh i think it could be more wheels i think it could be more doors but i thought that's a really nice mechanic for a game and i thought i'd love people to be able to bet with like poker chips on what there are more of but we could actually do the research yeah so, you know are there more bristles on a toothbrush or i don't know um Elephants in London Zoo, that, that sort of thing. I think there's probably more bristles on the toothbrush. But if you go back to like what, what I mean, I, I'm a big board gamer. I love playing board games. But the big problem is a PR issue from the 1970s and 1980s, where when you when you ask people if they want to play a board game, they instantly think of Mousetrap or incredibly oh, yeah. long Monopoly games. Do you, do you feel like the public perception of of sitting down to play a game is, is slowly being changed for the better? Yeah, do you know what I think it is? You know, and I think it takes good people like you to go out there and introduce people to games. I think. Uh, I think sometimes if people say, oh, do you want to play a board game? As you say, people imagine a sort of endless rules and... Elves oh, and hexes. It's going to go on forever. Yeah, and actually, actually that's pretty good. The sort of ones that I come up with and like to play are ones that are, I would say, snackable. You can play them in half an hour. Yeah. If you've never played a board game before, they hopefully will appeal to some of your kind of like human love for things that are funny yeah. and having fun. Um, so yeah, nothing complex, and I try and keep all the rules really, really simple, um, but the gameplay really fun, and I think uh, I try and build them around things that are sort of naturally entertaining. So I think people uh, people are coming back to board games. Good, mm. yeah. And in the run up to Christmas, obviously peak board game season, yes. one would imagine um, playing as families and all that. You've already mentioned you 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 do this company with your brother in law. Yes. Do you like workshop them as families? Do you get fallouts and all that kind of stuff? How does that all work? Well, so weirdly, no. I um, when I have an idea for a game, I, I, I can normally, and this is going to make me sound a bit. Uh, I don't know, unusual. But I can step into my mind palace, like Sherlock Holmes. Okay. I can step into my imagination and I can see the game being played. And so Like I can... you've got an Oculus Rift, but in exactly. your own brain. <laughs> right. Exactly that, yeah. Um, but nothing I make will ever be as good as Beat Saber. Um, yeah, I, uh, I can kind of play it through in my head and work out all the kind of quirks and bits that don't work and all the rest of it. And I would say 99% of the time, that version from my head is the version that gets played. Wow. Sometimes you'll be playing with people and we do do games testing and you think oh this is more fun if we change this one little bit mm. but it doesn't happen very often and then actually I had it recently where um, we've, we've re- we released a game a kids game called Egg Slam last year and uh, I was playing it recently and as I was playing it I thought of a new rule oh okay and it changes the game completely and makes it so much better so I was like, right, in the next set of instructions, the next print run, we put, put that new rule in. Or almost, that new rule makes it its own separate game away from being a kid's game. And we've got to do something with it. So, um, so yeah, if ever you've got a copy of Exam and you meet me, I'll teach you the secret rule wow. that makes it the greatest wow. game ever. I'm, I'm thinking Matt's got notebooks like the uh, the bad guy in Seven. <laughs> Loads of scribbles in <laughs> yeah. there of stuff. Well, like I've, got, I've got, like, I thought everyone had, you know, 10,000 notes in their phone. Yes. And then you go and see people and they're like, three notes and one's a shopping list. <laughs> I've just got, I've got loads and loads. And if I'm ever without Wi-Fi, like if I'm on a flight or something, I will 
go through the notes and there'll be things in there. It'll say like, biscuit tin, cats. <laughs> and I'll be like, what on earth? Do, you know, that, at the time, that must have felt such a compelling idea that I wrote it down and now I can't relate to it at all. Now, the, the weird thing is, in terms of uh, a lot of the games that I play, I'll, I'll see, oh, I, I recognise that kind of mechanism for another game. The games kind of borrow sometimes mm. from other games. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is that, how does that work? Do you, do you feel like your ideas are protected? What's it like in the board game industry? Can you get stuff like robbed off you a little bit or what? Well, I think, yes, I think there's quite a boring answer to this, which I think that when it it comes to intellectual property i think if you create a brand so like karen i don't think anyone could call it a game karen that has the same content <laughs> right yeah um but it uses a mechanic that's in loads of games the idea right. of people writing down things and putting them all in and then there being a, a yeah. real answer that's a mechanic that you'll find in uh things like boulder dash right um but obviously the the the, the content is what changes and actually there are other kind of formatty bits within there that change as well so how we score it um, how you collect points along the way, um, those sorts of things are quite. Um, and we, you know, we split our content over sort of three distinct rounds. So um, I don't think anyone could come and lift it completely wholesale. Right. But I think you know, like uh, think of a really popular game. Like I've seen Dobble ripped off loads. People have come up with like, oh, we'll do Dobble, but we'll do it with sounds. Yeah. Or we'll do Dobble, but we'll just do different. Or we'll do it with words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know you can't you you can't protect the maths behind double. Yeah. But what you can do is say, well, no one can make a game that has that same branding to it. So um, you know, I think, uh, and, and and actually, part of creativity, I think, is that you often see something or feel something from playing something else or doing something else, and think, well, I liked that feeling or I like that bit, but maybe or maybe that's a its own game in its own right, or maybe I can combine it with this other feeling or thing that I like and and create something new. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't think any, probably anyone's had a truly new idea for about 10,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about Karen, would you say you are actually a complainer yourself, or do you just let things go? I think it depends what time of day you get me. I think pre-midday, yes, I love, I'm grumpy. Um, I, I am a... Um, I don't know. It depends on who my. Have you ever left to. a review on anything? I've, I've never I've left never, a review. I've never left a review but on I anything. Am, I am maybe a little bit... Uh, I, I can be a bit argumentative when I think when I think that customer service is being done badly. I'll give you an example. I'd actually be very intrigued to find out your your take on this, whether you yeah. think I was in the right or in the wrong. Right. Because a lot of people have said I'm in the wrong, and a few people have said I'm in the right. Uh, so, were you topless in a Toby Carvery again? No, no, not again. <laughs> it does say it on the I've door. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> Listen, they didn't say anything about bottomless. So, loophole. Uh, yeah, exactly. That is how I refer to it. Um, so picture the scene i go on holiday and we've done a car rental yeah and it's um it's they've provided a car that is smaller than the one on the image yes it's still technically fine because happens every time every time every time so we get there and we've overpacked definitely so we we go to put everything in and i have to take the parcel shelf out of the back mm -hmm. of the car right and i'm like right okay everything's just about in there's maybe a millimeter left in the car um, so I go over to the guy and I was like, thank you so much. I'm going to have to leave the parcel shelf with you here. We're back in a week. Mm. So I'll just put it back in the car then. He's like, no, you cannot leave the parcel shelf here. That is yours to take with you. I said, come and look at the car. Can't fit it in anywhere. <laughs> He's like, not my problem. You're gonna that is a thing you're going to have to figure out. I was like, well, what are my genuinely, what are my options? It's either bin this parcel shelf or bin my suitcase. And I know which one I'm, gonna, which one I'm less attached to. And he said, there's nothing I can do about it. And I stayed there for 20 minutes. And I slowly ground this guy down. Oh, my God. Like, going on about parcel <laughs> shelves. Going about, so I, 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 I said, look, well, I'm going to have to just bin it. 
um, because and that's bad for me and probably bad for you guys. But what can I do? He was like, well, if you bin it, you'll get charged for it. It could be like, you know, a lot of money. I was like, okay. Uh, in that case, I'm going to hide it in this car park somewhere. <laughs> By that point, you've gone, <laughs> yeah, haven't you? I've completely lost it. And, uh, it was I was, before midday. Exactly. Yeah, I guess what it was. It was actually, yeah. <laughs> After flight. Um, and so we just went back and forth. And then eventually I did that thing where I was like, uh, look, look, mate, imagine you don't work for the company you work for. What would you do if you were me? And he's like, I have to find a solution. I was like, great, what's the solution? He goes, I don't know, but I'd find something. Well, what? Tell me what. <laughs> if you can tell me, I'll do it. Whatever you say is the solution. How, I will do it. How is your other half dealing with this? She uh, doesn't know it's happening. Right. Okay. She, just knows that, <laughs> she just knows that I'm, uh, I've been gone a long time. And she, by the way, she's already tried to par- pass the parcel shelf off to this guy. Yeah. Hey, there's a new game and come, there. Come back, exactly. And come back and said, look, he's not going to take it. So I went back. And eventually he realised that there was sort of like a, a mania in my eyes that said... He's going to go and hide it in a bush underneath a, <laughs> underneath an overpass of a motorway, which is where we were near this car park. Uh, or I'm going to have to take it, and and so he and so he eventually did. And I thought, well, that's just common sense. He has space. He had a whole lockup that was empty that he could put it in. Yeah, yeah. He can see it can't go in the car. That was worth fighting. But quite a few people I've spoken to have said, no, I was in the wrong. How are, we, how are you in the wrong, though? Do you know what I mean? The, you know, You've got to stand up for your rules, principles. Rules are rules. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the company has the rules about, you know, the parcel shells, and it was my fault for overpacking, and, uh, you know, it was, wasn't this poor guy's problem. He was just an employee. He was the messenger of the company. It's open and shut, though. I mean, it's lovely to see you, and you are Hatchback. our guests, and the games look great, but you are wrong. <laughs> you what? think I was wrong? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. But they gave him a car that's smaller than the one he said he was getting. No, you, you can't What get would you have done? Can I ask, what would you have done? I'll tell you what I would have done. Go on. I, who was driving? Uh, my wife. Okay, I would have had the parcel shelf uh, on my front. I would wear it like a parcel shelf. Yeah. Okay, and wear then... It's like, no one's ever said the phrase, wear it like a parcel <laughs> shelf before. I need you to know that as you embark <laughs> upon this argument. And then what, what... Here's the clincher. When you get to your destination, you've unloaded the car... Then you can put the parcel shelf back in because there's room. Because then what I wouldn't like is rattling around my holiday hearing the boot. I hate driving around in a car that you hasn't got a parcel. Like hearing the boot. You can know a parcel shelf uh, shelters you from so much driving road noise. I would I wouldn't be able to have that. Oh my it's like God. driving around So you would rather for the it was a two hour drive for two hours. You Solidarity would be behind, with the Hertz man. You would be behind a sort of shield made yes, of parcel shelf. Yes. Probably protect yourself in an accident even more as well. Yeah. Oh, well, there's, there's the next level of, uh, you know, in-car protection for you right there. <laughs> exactly. Always carry a parcel shelf, guys. <laughs> hey, so um, that's ridiculous, by the way. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And uh, someone needs to say it. I uh, need uh, to play Karen. Yeah, you do. Well, listen, we, we were in World Cup season at the moment, uh, Matt. One, one thing that I, I think there's, there's a real uh, lack of quality in uh, is a footballing board game. It, 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 would that be anything on the, uh, on the horizon that you could come up with? Do you know what? A few people have dabbled in that area. Counter-attack is the only one that I know. Yeah, there's a few. There's a, and there's quite a lot of trivia, football trivia stuff. I don't know that the market is there for it, if I'm honest with you. Oh, Andy. really? Yeah. I don't know that... I don't know that if you've... Particularly around a, a World Cup, if you've watched... If you're watching, you know, up to... Well, beyond 90 minutes of football a day, if then the next thing you want to go and do is play a board game about football. Yeah. But I think where, where, where it comes to, like, trivia, top trumpsy type stuff, it's probably quite good fun. Um, but I, I often get frustrated with those ones that try and convert a thing that's really good on its own yeah. into... 
a board game. It's like we all agree that golf's fun, right? Everyone loves golf. Well, how about a board game about golf? Well, is it going to give me the same experience of golf? No. Is it really? Is it really anything like golf at all? Not really. Not really. But we have got these miniature tees that you can put in the game. I, I do remember seeing Jack Grealish get very into going around asking people whether there were more wheels or doors. Well, there you go. It's so the question it all ties back in. So, yeah. well, listen. Uh, if Jack, Jack Grealish wants to go and do that, but with some of the things in the actual game. <laughs> That'd be really beneficial, well, we, Jack. On home time the other week, uh, Matt, we were we were playing the game that the England players have been playing in their hotel. Where you roll a pound coin into a fork. If you, that, I mean, that could be a potential thing for you in the future. That sounds fantastic. Got to get it in the grooves of the fork. And you get different points for which groove you get it in. He didn't even think of that. Did though, he? No, he didn't know. You just You'd got to want get to it get in. Because I think you could do it so that for the middle groove, maybe you get 50 points, like a bullseye, and then yeah. the side groove's 25. Yes. I reckon you could say if you touch the fork but it doesn't go in, you get five points. This is this is why he's a board game designer. <laughs> it's, it's with ease. <laughs> with that's ease. That's fun, right? That's, a fu- that's fun, yeah. Well, there's another game right there. Obviously, you've got uh, past the parcel shelf uh, you know, <laughs> exactly. in production. We've yeah. given him so much. We've given so you so much Going away from this. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's a two-way process, this interview. So, final thing, we're heading towards Christmas. Christmas then, those two games, tell everyone about them why they need them in their lives this okay. Christmas. So uh, you're going to want to get a board game for Christmas. Everyone, it's lo- the law, isn't it? You need one in a stocking or to play on Boxing Day or to argue with your family about. So um, your two options, and there are only two, are uh, Karen, the game of one-star reviews, and, you know, everyone loves complaining, and if you like the idea of being able to, you know, vent some Christmas anger, but in a safe environment, then that is the game for you. Requires a degree, and like there's a, a smidge of creativity from all playing, um, and also is full of just funny one-star reviews. However, if you just want to go on gut instinct, if you're the sort of person that is impulsive and wants to say, do you know what? I think I'm right on that. Wheels versus Doors is the one. You know, I could say, uh, I've got a card here, actually. Do you want to play a quick yes. one? Go on, go on, go, go on, on yeah. Um, are there more moons orbiting the planet Mercury or official types of cloud? What are you saying? Oh, I, I think there's a lot of clouds. There's a lot of clouds. Official out. types of clouds. Official, I think there's a lot of different types of clouds. Or moons orbiting the planet Mercury. I'm going to go moons orbiting Mercury. I'm going to okay. go Cumulonimbus and, and the, that mob. Andy, you are correct. Oh. There Boom. are ten different types of clouds. There are zero moons orbiting the planet oh, Mercury. Look at his face. It's you a romp. Suckered in. <laughs> wrong about the higher car, wrong about the clouds. I know. It's good. It's good there's a pattern forming. Uh, Matt, it's always an honour to have you on the show. Go and buy the games this Christmas. Matt Edmondson, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway.